Hi, Jenny. How are you doing today? I'm feeling great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. Of course. No, I'm super excited too because, I mean, this whole show is about developer health and how we can focus on the mental and physical health of software developers in our industry. And it's just so obvious to have you as a guest on the show because you are such a big advocate for mental health in the tech space and you give a lot of conference talk on this. So yeah, I'm just really excited to have you join us. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that um, you asked me to join because I really want to normalize the way that we talk about mental health and mental awareness. And I think it's healthy to just be open about it. And with being open about it doesn't necessarily mean like complain about everything that's going on, but it's just more of like normalizing, being able to like openly talk about feelings. Hi friends, welcome to the Developer Health Show produced by G2i. G2i matches companies with high impact engineers through a unique approach that mixes solid technical assessments with a serious commitment to developer health. Ensure companies work with skilled developers who are supported, valued, and ready to execute from day one. My name is Michelle Bagels, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by Jenny Chorong, developer relations advocate and head of operations at Stately, a visual software modeling platform for app logic and workflows. Jenny travels the world speaking at conferences about burnout and mental health, as well as sharing her love for donuts. You gotta love both. So without further ado, let's get to it. You know, burnout is something that I think pretty much everyone will probably experience at least once in their life. Um, and it can be really hard to figure out like what's happening. It can go like very sudden. And then in retrospect, there are a lot of signs and there's a lot of things that, you know, you can kind of watch out for or like indicators like, hey, you're on your way there. Um, but it can be really hard to get to that point if you don't really understand like the language around it. So we'll start with that. We'll just start with that right there. Burnout. How would you define burnout? So me personally, I define burnout as the things that I, when, when I become more self-aware and I sit in that like state of mind, I start thinking like, okay, do I feel like I'm sacrificing things? Am I feel like I'm being, I, am I feel like I'm guilt or how do I say it? I'm sorry. Am I feeling guilty for doing the normal things that I usually do without feeling guilty for? Like I feel guilty about taking a shower because um, there's times where I really have to get all this work done and I'm like, okay, I I just want to feel fresh and clean, but I can't because I haven't finished this task. And it's simple things like that. And that leads to like me losing sleep over like, oh, what if I didn't finish this blog post in time or, or you know, these different things I didn't check off my to-do list. I need to get it done before I sleep. And so I end up sacrificing sleep and I feel guilty that I have to sleep at 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of creates this like very antithetical system in your mind of like, you know that you can do the most work when you're getting good sleep and when facing yourself. But then you start feeling guilty and you feel like you have so much to do and you're skipping that thing actually going to help you do that thing that you need to do. And so it's like it starts becoming this like backwards process. Um, but yeah, burnout, like, you know, this feeling like you hit this wall, you can't go on um, and it can like show itself in a lot of different ways. Um, it can be one of those things can be guilt. I um, I definitely have my indicators that I'll share in a second. But um, burnout, how is stress that we're used to? Yeah, so in my talk at React Miami, I brought up like one of the biggest differences and what I define stress versus burnout is, and it's that stress can actually be viewed as a positive thing. And it's just our bodies releasing chemicals and telling our brain like, hey, be in fight or flight mode. And with stress, it's actually essential to our brain because we're, we're trying to survive in that moment. But with stress over time and long periods of it where there's no end goal of like where the stress should end, that leads you to burnout 
burnout. And so that's my differentiation between the two. The burnout is more of like, it builds into the guilt. It's all that stress over time that you don't know where the end goal is, right? And so you're like sacrificing all these things. And then that's where you start transitioning into different states of burnout. Yeah, I I think that's like a really good call out too, is that stress is a survival mechanism in the body. We need stress. It's informative. Um, But that's like the key thing there is that it's informative. So when we're feeling stressed, it's not that we should be like normalizing this or like I do like I do great under stress or whatever. It's like stress is a signal and it's really the release of like two chemicals, adrenaline and cortisol are the primary chemicals being released and both of them have very specific purposes. Um, and so like you said, again, this is it's important, it's helpful, but it's like a sign, right? And so like pushing through it and pretending that it's not there isn't, uh, you know, doing, it's not helping you do the thing that your body is trying to tell you to do in that moment. Like ignoring it is like defeating this like essential survival mechanism. Yeah. I mean, like with stress being viewed as a positive thing, it really helps me understand like, okay, I'm stressed. I should sit in this moment, take a deep breath and then figure out, do I want to relieve this stress? or do I want to add on to it? You know, like you start having that self-awareness to decide what you want to transition to next. Um, I want to talk about the signs of burnout. Like you were starting to say like guilt as one of them of like feeling these obligations to keep going even when you want to stop. Um, what are some other signs of burnout that people can have? So um, this leads me into research that I found with Dr. Herbert Friedenberger. Um, this doctor discovered that there were 12 different states of burnout that people experience over like just being alive and whether whatever profession that you're in and so it's it goes into detail um i don't have all 12 states at the top of my mind but i can tell you about the most common five yeah (laughs) so like the most common five where um people experience burnout these five states are um they're categorized in five because they could all be similar depends on like what your interpretation is but also we all manifest burnout differently so to start um burnout can start with this this uh, optimistic, uh, excited honeymoon phase is what they call it. And that's where you're usually like super satisfied and super happy, excited about the type of work that you're doing. And so you go in, you're enthusiastic and you're like, yeah, I can take on the world. I can literally do everyone's job. And so you're just taking on all these extra things that people are handing off to you. And you're being like, of course, I'll get it done as soon as possible for you. And so that's what I categorize as like a first state of transition into burnout and then you start getting more tasks and you start getting more stressed and so like you start feeling stressed that's the next common state where um, people people are handing things off to you because you've already said yes so often in the beginning and they're thinking oh well you know what this is too much for me so I'm just gonna hand this off to Jenny for example and then so you start getting overloaded with the things that are due and you start thinking oh I can do these things because I used to be able to last month and then you're not thinking that maybe it's just too much at like a high capacity for like this long term you're not thinking that okay this is too much too long you're just thinking well I was able to do it last month so then you just keep going on and on and so you start building anxiety around like the different deadlines and you start getting a little irritable and that irritability when it increases and you get more stress then you start becoming a little cynical towards people and you're just thinking like why is everyone handing things off to me this isn't fair and then you just like you kind of put your life on pause there's no work in life balance or differentiation anymore. Um, You get chronically stressed. This is where I experienced um, and I started experience like the insomnia part of the burnout where I got so stressed and so concerned about my work that I 
couldn't sleep. And there were months where I only functioned on two hours of sleep. And I don't know like how you feel about that, but two hours of sleep is not healthy. Not healthy at all. I don't think that there needs to be even an emotion tied to that. That's like objectively not a good thing. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And like, I don't know, there's so many different ways that we as humans experience right now. But like the fact that if you just give yourself a moment to take a deep breath and think about what you're feeling right now, that will help you determine like, okay, where am I? Like what state, for example, when I think of state machines and my brain, like what state am I in? And I can define it to whatever type of burnout it is, or I can just define it on like how I feel and then try to, like I said, pick a transition one to stay in this like stress state or transition into like something that makes me a little bit better and relieve that anxiety and stress. I love that because it's like you're, you're, it feels like almost like Disney World. Like you're like, where am I? And you find the map and it's like, you are here. And you're like, okay, well, where do I want to be over there? All right. So this is the game plan to get to that other place that I want to be. And so like, but that can't happen unless you, you know, have those tools, you have that map or you have that diagram to show you and I'll kind of guide you around. Um, But yeah, I know for me, for sure, like my biggest indicator is that I get that irritability and I start to feel it towards like other people. And so for me, when I know that I'm like pushing it a little bit too far for myself is when I start like kind of blaming other people for things where I'm like, why do they want this from me? Like, don't they know how busy I am? Um, Like, uh, why is, how does this fall on my plate? Like, what does this even have to do with my work or whatever? All of these things I start like saying to myself and then I start being like, I hope that person doesn't message me today or whatever. And it's like, I have to take a step back and be like, I have a job that I like. I work with people who have always, always given me the time to voice my opinion or my thoughts. They've always taken my opinions into consideration. Doesn't mean I always get what I want, but they've always listened to me. Um, I have flexibility in my work. Like if I need to go to a doctor's appointment or something like, so I just like do this checklist of like all of these things that I loved about my job. Have any of them changed? No. Okay. So then it's probably me. I'm probably the problem. (laughs) So like what is... We can't think of ourselves as the problem. We have to think <laughs> I, of ourselves as like art. <laughs> I, I think of it more like out of this. <laughs> it's like more of like the Taylor Swift version of like the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the song that goes into my head. Like, oh, it's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's like, yeah, like, okay, Michelle, like, what are you doing here? Because like, especially in the circumstances, like, don't people know how much I'm working on right now? Like, actually, the answer is probably no. They probably don't. And they're most often thinking about the things that they are working on and what they need to deliver. And they're not thinking a lot of times like, you know, a lot of times we don't even see all the things that we're doing, you know, like everyone on your team is doing. And so like, yeah, if you're if you're overloaded, like you just say something, um, that's your responsibility, which like I, I think is really important um, point that you make is that, yes, there are toxic work environments and there are toxic management environments that you may find yourself in, in which it's probably best that you would figure out a way to remove yourself from that situation, which is not always very easy. But there is also the other side of things where it's like we are very responsible as well for a lot of the stress and the expectations that we put onto ourselves. So I would love to hear more about like that, like assessing like how you are, like where you are responsible for this, this workload or like this stress. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of what you were saying earlier about when you were telling yourself, like, I do like my job and I love, you know, the people that I work with. And sometimes we don't feel the same. Like, it's like a mixed feeling of like, sometimes I love this work, but sometimes, you know, it's too much. So the self check-ins is what helped me regulate. Okay. Check in with myself. Is this, 
this like am I comfortable with um, where I'm at am I comfortable with doing this type of work and and also it when it's overwhelming just check in and ask myself are you really feeling okay because maybe it's just um, you're just a little excited that you get to do this type of work but then you're overwhelmed because there's so many tasks on the list so when you check in you're like okay I'm overwhelmed let me just go shake it off release you know all the endorphins in my body and then I'll feel better in like two to three minutes and um, if it's not self check-ins then it's like okay I'll push through and get at least one task done and then reward myself and get that dopamine and oxytocin flowing in the brain and the body and just be like okay I completed one of the five tasks that I had to do today so let me just go get ice cream or go walk the dog and soak in some sunlight and just you know explore a different um, environment for a little bit of time and like little things like that are fun ways to just keep yourself in check so then you don't go overboard with like this over stimulation of stress all in one spot and then feeling like you're trapped because that's not a good feeling and we don't need to feel like that especially if we have the flexibility to like do something we enjoy yeah I love that like take your win right like when you get it like I used to get trapped into this uh, mindset when I was doing like a lot of heavy dev work and there was you know it was a new project so there's endless tasks forever like and I would just be like okay finish that one move it on the Jira board next task pick it up and it's like going back to back without any break and like some things are just like fix this typo right okay whatever but like when it was like a pretty significant task like pretty significant work and I had to like start I had to start stopping like between them like okay you finish that like step away from your desk go take a walk take a breather like you know let that whole thing soak in and then come back and start your new thing um there's this like other thing that you mentioned about like just because you were able to do something before doesn't mean that you can do it again that was another thing is like there are some days when I close like five tickets and I'll be like oh my god I'm a rock star. like I'm such a good developer like this is insane how good I am but then like I can't even do that like two days in a row like that's not even possible and then, like sometimes it'll take you like three days to close like a single ticket and it's like it can be really frustrating or like some days you're just like so distracted and that happens like that just happens and so it's like I also had to start learning to like take a good day for what it was and just like appreciate it as like a gift like how you had this like great productivity day and like they really focused and we're just gonna like love that for us and tomorrow we're gonna start fresh and we're not gonna like put that expectation of yesterday on today but yeah there's like again like lessons learned the hard way though <laughs> as a reminder to our listeners the developer health show is produced by g2i G2i offers a unique approach to matching developers to companies. We mix solid technical assessments with a serious commitment to developer health. So companies get the best without the guesswork. Skilled developers who are supported, valued, and ready to execute from day one. Find us at g2i.co for more information. Yeah, I've learned that comparing is not healthy, whether it's comparing your work from yesterday versus today or even this morning into the rest of the day. It's just not nice to yourself. Like you're just being really mean by being like, hey, you used to be better. Don't do that. Pat yourself on the back for every little thing that you do. Okay, like even if it's like being able to take a break exactly at noon so then you can have lunch. It's a little things like that. Like, wow, I did awesome. Like I timed this perfectly to get it right at noon on the dot. Yeah, like just there's no limit to the amount of times that you can like reward yourself for something like just do it who cares no one's even watching most of the time like just do it um yeah so I I love that um there's the famous phrase comparison is the thief of joy it's accurate or I've also heard it rephrase comparison is the thief of happiness either way it's true yeah yeah it is and you know why sacrifice your own happiness so if you ever want to answer that question then just experience the happiness and take it into like its full potential yeah <laughs> 
explore exactly. that happiness because everyone's happiness is, is defined differently. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Why would you even want to do that to yourself? But um, when you're talking about um, managing stress and like preventing burnout, another big thing is um, time management that you talk about. And we have like, we have like a whole, like, I can't even tell you how much of G2I's business and like the people operations of G2I is like centered on time management. But I would love to like hear your thoughts around time management. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't have a great time management schedule. It's it's. I'm lucky that I work at a startup where as long as we get the work done that is um, scheduled for like that sprint cycle, then we get it done. And so there's flexibility in the sense that I could work all morning, take the afternoon off to spend time with like family and friends and then work that evening. And so I pace myself, I like Pomodoro clocks don't really work for me. Um, so I pace myself in the sense of like each task, I estimate how long it will take. And it's like a personal preference because I don't really necessarily know what the average time is for all these things, but I know what I'm capable of. So if I can set an expectation for myself, then I can see how long it takes. And then if I don't finish in that time frame, or if I do finish in that time frame, I immediately go for that reward. I immediately go get like a milkshake or ice cream or dog pets. And then I'm like, okay, great. Yes. And so I can either start on the next task or I can look through the list and like try to prioritize, okay, what else is necessarily to be done, you know, sooner than later. And so I don't, I don't really have like a set plan for like the best way to, for time management, but that's how I do it. Those are pretty good though. I mean, there's a lot of parallels. I'll, I'll share our, our internal company time management kind of model, but also I just want to point out the Pomodoro, Pomodoro method. Um, if you haven't heard of this, it's a really popular technique. Um, Pomodoro is Italian for tomato and it references like these kind of like old cooking clocks that you like set it for 20 minutes and then it, the timer goes off or whatever. Um, and so like the idea is that you set these like incremental timers, like I'll work for 20 minutes and then I'll take a break. And it's really popular. And if it works for you, that's great. But if it doesn't work for you, that's also extremely common for it to not work for you. And and sometimes people don't really like it because you can start to get into a flow state and then the timer goes off and then it's like, well, sometimes it's really hard to get back into that place. So it's like, why would you stop, you know, if you were if you're already on a good track? But um, yeah, if it doesn't work for you, totally normal. But it's just it's just something you could have in your toolbox. You were talking about like chunking your work. Sprints is really popular. Sprinting um, is really popular in software development, breaking up your work in like X number of weeks. We do something similar, but different. Basically, like the company has like one goal for everyone for the year. And this is like at the end of the year, this is the company goal. This is where we want to be. And then from that, everybody does their like quarterly goals based on like how we can get to that, that annual goal all together. Like how can we all contribute to this in like our own ways? And so we used to do OKRs. We don't really do OKRs. Now we have like a different system where we have like rocks and it's a whole thing. We don't need to get into it. But basically you set up your quarterly goals to achieve the annual goal. And then everybody has their quarterly goals, right? And then and then you come up with an essentialism plan. And so this is where it starts to get a little bit more unique is that we have essentialism plans, totally optional. You don't have to do this, but it's highly encouraged and it's very effective where you, you look at your quarterly work, what you need to deliver at the end of the quarter, and you break it up into like two week segments so that you're always making progress constantly on like the thing that you need to be focused on. And when you like start to like break up two weeks of work or your quarter into like two weeks of work, you it's just like a lot clearer like what you should be focused on so you don't, you know, get 
get to the end of the quarter and you're like, oh, I didn't get to finish any of this because I was answering emails the entire time. It's like, no, the things that are like in your two week essentialism plan are like the things that you have to put your top priority on because those are going to help you reach your goal. So it's like your essentialism plan should be things that are like begin this project or like launch this thing or like move this into this new stage or whatever. Like they're like kind of actionable. They are not to do's. They are not like email this person or like, you know, create that document. That is not what that is for, like their bigger picture scope. And then once you have your two week essentialism plan, then you create like a daily action plan. And that is like, again, however you like. I like to look at it as a timetable, like from 10 to 11, I'm going to do this. But it's basically the daily action plan is everything that you think that you can do today or that you believe you need to do today in order to like accomplish the goals of the essentialism plan, which lead up to the goals of the quarterly plan, which leads up to the annual. And it's just really effective for us. And it's been like a good time management tool for us because everything else just it's not that it doesn't matter, but it's clearly show we're clearly seeing that it's a low priority or it's a lower priority. That sounds really cool. Like I, that's something that I would love to try with Dately because it seems like it seems like in theory it would work. And you're saying that you're living proof that your company sees that it's it's working out and it seems very healthy balance too. Yeah, it's a good. I will also say that our I feel like our company is also just very like mature in that sense of like there's a lot of autonomy and so there's room for this like if you're in a if you're in a work culture that's like very micromanagey like you're not gonna have a lot of success with this method but like at G2I everybody's like you like the, the kind of like mindset is that like you are the CEO of your domain you're the CEO of your thing and so like you have to own your work as if like this is your company um and yeah we we hire for people who have like a lot of autonomy so that doesn't work out um okay yeah, no, so I'm I definitely go, inspired oh, by this so thanks for sharing <laughs> of course we, yeah we have some like i don't know information mapped out around it that's share. um okay so all of these things kind of tie together but another one that i really want to point out is boundaries like some people really do not believe that they can implement boundaries and i think sometimes it just feels like scarier than it is but i would love to hear your thoughts on boundaries and setting boundaries. so like when i first started setting boundaries with myself because i always want to start with myself before it affects anyone else it was really hard to say no and i think that's because we are kind people and we just love saying yes and being nice to everyone around us <laughs> but no it, it's just like we're just so used to saying yes because that's like the culture like yeah of course like i'll do whatever to help you out and um without knowing i'll sacrifice things on my end and so with kind of like okay so before i start with boundaries i want to back up a little bit and like learn how to reset expectations so by resetting the expectations of how we are perceived in the world or how others should act you know towards us and so on if we see reset those expectations we'll realize that like any outcome that happens we'll probably be content with we're not we might not be like overly happy or but we won't be disappointed anymore so you reset the idea that like you have to answer how are you with oh i'm doing great how are you kind of thing you know you just you take each day by day and you take each interaction per interaction kind of thing and so when you reset those expectations then you can reset the boundaries of like okay you ask yourself am i capable of this yes but is this something i should be doing no so then you you know you learn how to say that in a nice way but you don't sugarcoat it you just say like i don't think this is something that i should be working on i think there's other tasks that have priority and so with being able to say that out loud you're able to communicate that with your teammates and other people that ask you to do things outside of this work and so those boundaries help you respect yourself more in a sense because you realize okay just because i'm capable doesn't mean i have to do all these things okay so now we are going 
to move into the last segment of our conversation. Um, this is a segment that we do with all of the speakers. It's called Stop or it's called Start, Stop, Continue. This is what we do at G2I when we kind of have like a retrospective on our work and we're like very async by nature. And so we don't have these like formal retrospective meetings, but we we share like our uh, impressions or our reviews of a project, um, you know, through writing. And so we have like Start, Stop, Continue documents. So something that you want to start doing, uh, something that you want to stop doing and something that you want to continue doing. So let's start with start. <laughs> yeah. So something I want to start doing is when I wake up, don't check my phone. Don't even look at the time. Just go outside, soak in like five to 10 minutes of sunlight. And believe it or not, our eyes absorb um, sunlight and like uh, release serotonin into our brain. And it takes about five minutes on average. So like just soak in some sunlight. Don't look at the sun, but just be out. <laughs> Do not in the stare open. at the sun. <laughs> No, don't stare at the sun. Close your eyes if you want to like put your face towards the sunlight, but just absorb the outdoor and and like you can't do it through a window. You have to literally like be under the sky. Do that for five to 10 minutes. I want to start doing that. I've tried doing it. Sometimes I forget, but you know, it's okay. I'll do it again tomorrow or the next time that I wake up. That's what I want to start doing. Well, we have an episode with Anthony Shu where we talk about habit forming a bit. So maybe he's got some tips for you on that episode. But okay, what are you yes. going to stop doing? Stop doing. Okay. Um... I need to stop scrolling through social media when I feel like I need a break because that's not a different, that's not a type of rest. And yeah, I just want to stop going on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter because those are very addicting and they're made to be addicting, which is so bad. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's, we know, we know, right? And so it's like, you just got to break the habit, but you're fighting against something that is like literally like, like the design of this thing is so fundamentally tied to the way that our brains work that you're like, wow, this is like a battle to like break away from this but yeah um okay so continue what's what's your favorite thing that you're loving right now that you're going to keep doing I'm going to continue talking about my feelings out in the open in all of my social media. So I know we said stop going on social media, but that's when I need a break. More, <laughs> This is more of like, okay, I'm working and this is something that I need to put out there because it's important. I'm going to continue being vulnerable online and telling people, you know, feelings are totally normal. You should experience them. And this brings me to a tweet that you recently wrote about crying. I love that tweet. I wish I could just fake it and like pin it to my profile <laughs> yes yes i love it, talking about feelings i put that i i like nestled it into my next js talk recently too i had this whole like ending of my talk was like all of my existential beliefs <laughs> like, this is my moment that i could say whatever i want on stage so i i have seen this phrased in a lot of different ways like people feel like when you're working you have to be like very divorced from your feelings but i feel like that's very like um i feel like that's just a little bit like blind to the reality of like why we work. Um, I think that humans are like intrinsically motivated to create things. Uh, work is is definitely like a version of that. Um, but goals, I, there, it's been phrased a few different ways. But the idea is that like our goals, like I want this promotion, I want to create this company, I want to get this client or whatever. Like your goals are not what they are on paper. Like you're not getting, um, you're not starting a company or you're not getting a client or you're not getting a promotion to get that thing as it is. It's to get the feeling that comes with it. And so ever all of these goals that we set for ourselves are like directly tied to like this a feeling. It's an emotion. And so like it's just one of those things like you hear all the time. Like, you know, it's you know, it's not personal, it's business, or like, you know, leave your leave, you know, whatever is bothering you at the
at the door or whatever. There is no way like to do that. Like we are fundamentally connecting like our work to our emotions. And like, I feel like we just need to keep talking about that. So I'm with you on it. Totally. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. Yeah, I agree. This was a fun conversation. And it's like, besides like the neon pink and like the Barbie, like it's just like fun in general. <laughs> okay. So Jenny, thank you so, so much for being a guest on the developer health show and talking to us about burnout um, and all the things that you're working on. Tell us how we can stay in touch and how people can follow you. Yes. So you can find me on Twitter or at Jen A, J-E-N underscore A-Y-Y underscore. Very complicated, but it's fine. I'm on LinkedIn as Jenny hyphen true. Um, and yeah, I think that those are the only two places you can find me. Sometimes on the stately office hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at a conference soon or or via the Brightline soon. Yes, yes. I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Jenny. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for the Developer Health Show. Jenny had some really great insights on burnout. So tag me on Twitter at Michelle Bakels to share some of your biggest takeaways. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, Google, or YouTube and connect with G2i for any of your engineering hiring needs. Catch you next time.